0: My awesome listeners and friends and Health Masters family, and welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. Hope you have a fantastic day today. Uh, we got deluged with emails and phone calls yesterday. If people wanted to ask us questions and topics and wanted to use the coupon code that we put out there for the show yesterday for our 2000th show. Really big milestone for us. It's taken a lot of work to get there. And as I said yesterday, we put a big coupon code out, ten percent off the website, two thousand shows. That's the coupon code two zero 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 SHOWS two thousand shows only for our listeners and customers and email. Uh, list and basically all of our Health Masters family. I didn't put it out anywhere else. I didn't promote it on any other shows. This is specifically just for you guys, and it went out yesterday, and it will be ending. It looks like tonight Steve's running the email on it today, so I'm going to give everybody a heads up on that. That will be ending tonight, uh, essentially, I think at midnight or 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, so take advantage of that if you want to grab some products on sale and stock up on anything that you may need to keep your body and mind as strong and as healthy as possible because we all know we need it right now with everything that's continually going on. So, again, thank you for the support. And also, even though the coupon code may only be for a few days, be sure to check out the product of the week, the prostate support on sale right now as well. And uh, vote for what you want to see when tomorrow uh, on Wednesday for product of the week. Looks like the HGH stimulates pulling pretty strong. That's been obviously one of our staple products for well over a decade now. Very, very effective product. Talked in detail about it yesterday with L-Arginine, the quercetin, L-citrulline. So be sure to vote for that if you want to see that win tomorrow at healthmasters.com on product of the week. One of the first things I wanted to get at now, this is interesting. The company that we know as Pfizer, which by the way, had became the first drug company last year in 2022 to break 100 billion dollars in annual sales a tenth of a trillion dollars for a pharmaceutical drug company uh their numbers have come out now from 2022 and they are staggering and what's even more staggering is that we're now seeing the amount of money that was pumped into the market in order to promote the covid shot this is another one of the reasons why we talked about before you saw so much liquidity in the market, as not only was the federal government, you had other companies that were pumping just dollar after dollar as fast as they could. We're finding out now that the U.S. government spent over a billion dollars of taxpayer money to promote the experimental COVID shot. Now you got to think about that for a second. That that's the federal government. This is this, I'll get into Pfizer in a second. So the U.S. government took taxpayer money over a billion dollars and paid to market a drug that was for profit for a company to promote it for them. Think about that for a second. Our taxpayer dollars went to promote drugs to us so a pharmaceutical company could become the wealthiest pharmaceutical drug company in the entire world. You can't even really make this up how convoluted this is and take it a step further. You also want to see why Pfizer did so well. In 2022, they spent 2.8 billion dollars on marketing ads that was an increase of 800 million from 2021 you got to think about those numbers for a second 2.8 billion dollars just in marketing again to promote the shot to take it a step further pfizer also paid big bucks to consumer medical civil rights groups to lobby for covid jab mandates oh yeah oh yeah Special interest groups paid by Pfizer to push COVID jab mandates and coercive vaccine policies included the Chicago Urban League, the National Consumer League, the Immunization Partnership, the Advertising Council, and a long list of almost every major university. Pfizer didn't have to take a prominent stand to argue for vaccine mandates. That would have been an obvious conflict of interest they paid everyone to push mandates for them each of these organizations received anywhere from a several thousand dollars to hundreds of thousands of dollars from Pfizer in 2021 and 2022 alone it is any wonder why then over 50 major healthcare organizations called for vaccine mandates that year what's interesting about this is we're seeing now more and more that Everything's being dropped as far as the COVID mandates. It's all being kind of swept under the rug now like, oh, well, that didn't happen. Oh, don't worry about that. The Biden administration now is ending the COVID vaccine requirements for all federal employees, contractors, international travelers, Head Start educators, CMS-certified facilities, everything now. The whole COVID mandate is just dwindling away, and they're saying, Oh, well, it's because now you know, we've, we've got COVID under control, Well, what's interesting about this is it was never about that in the first place. It was only about pushing the agenda as hard as they could and now, isn't it interesting? You see the FDA remove approval for the original monovalent shot, just just quietly just takes it off, can't use it now, not even allowed to be used in emergency use, just goes away. Now you're seeing this mandate get stopped even though it's been knocked down in court. What's ironic now what have they been talking about behind the scenes very quietly? RNA vaccines being injected into the food supply. And people go, that's, that's far-fetched, bud. That's, that's science fiction. You're, no, it's very real. I've talked about it. You can do your own research. I've gone into detail, and I don't have time today. we got way too many stuff and topics to go over. You can do your own research on that. And take it a step further, You know, we've constantly heard this herd immunity. Remember, I could, sh- I could play dozens of show clips from Fauci and others During the pandemic, where they continually talked about we have to reach herd immunity. Remember, we got to get 60 to 70 percent of the population vaccinated for herd immunity, herd immunity, herd immunity. Well, now it's interesting because Peter Marks, the top FDA official, issued a statement explaining how the FDA's authorization and licensure standards for vaccines do not require any demonstration or prevention of infection or transmission. Quote now. In order to qualify for approval as a vaccine, a pharmaceutical injection now doesn't even have to actually prevent infection or transmission or anything. They publicly revealed this week, this is what I told you guys about from the very beginning. It was crazy because, in other words, the vaccine doesn't actually have to do anything to get FDA approval. It just depends on how much money Pfizer gives them, and ah, voila, it's like a pixie dust. Sprinkle a little bit on, oh, it's magically approved now in emergency use, good to go. The FDA-approved vaccine in the past had to at least purport to prevent infection or transmission of a disease. That was always the concept, right? The COVID-19 came out. All of a sudden, that changed. Herd immunity for years. Produce immunity. Reach immunity basis. 70% of the population for herd immunity. For years, the U.S. CDC claimed that a vaccine had to increase this or produce immunity in order to qualify for a vaccine. A vaccination, the agency said, involves the injection of an infectious organism in order to prevent the disease. Just like that, the CDC changed its definition of a vaccination post-COVID to a drug injection that basically does nothing. Even though we were lied to repeatedly, and I called this out and encouraged people to do the same over and over and over again, all the way from Biden himself to Walensky at the CDC and every other mainstream news outlet repeatedly kept saying, oh, if you get the COVID shot, you're not going to get covid This entire thing was a complete and total lie, and our listeners know that, and I'm not going to continue to keep bringing this up because I know you guys know that, but I wanted to reiterate this, is that the FDA top official now is saying that the FDA's authorization and standards for a vaccine don't require it to demonstrate or prevent an infection or transmission. This, again, goes exactly what I said from the very beginning in 2021, and so many people said, oh, no, that's not true. That's not true. That's the, it's got to stop something. No, it did nothing. It proved nothing. All it did was show enormous amount of side effects. And now we're seeing even more information now. This bombshell information just came out from Pfizer and the FDA that they, they both knew. By early 2021, that the Pfizer's RNA COVID vaccine resulted in horrible damage to fetus and babies, according to the pharmaceutical company's own clinical trial documents. An eight-page report published last week by the FDA under court order under Freedom of Information Act is titled Pregnancy and Lactation Cumulative Review. I'll post it on the website that you guys can look at it. It says, details a 2021 trial. This is crazy. They found a whopping 54% of the expecting mothers experienced a range of adverse events and severe reactions after receiving Pfizer's COVID RNA shot. 21% of the women who experienced adverse reactions suffered from spontaneous abortions. Guys, that's almost a quarter of the women had spontaneous abortions. And six of the 248 women in the trial with adverse reactions had premature deliveries, very premature like, basically, the children almost either died or they did die. But it gets worse. The reports also showed the RNA vaccine-tainted breast milk harmed nursing babies. The trial data on pages 6 and 7 revealed that 19%, 41 of the 215 babies in Pfizer's trial exposed to the company's COVID RNA vaccine through their mother's breast milk, suffered from at least 48 different types of adverse events, including vomiting, insomnia, lethargy, pain rashes goes on and on and on goes on to say here that concludes the trial with the following summary the cases reviewed above are indicative of what is in the Pfizer safety database as of 20 February 2021. The sponsor, Pfizer Biotech, will continue to monitor and report on all pregnancy exposure and lactation cases. It is important to note that the spontaneous safety database is intended for hypothesis generation and not hypothesis testing, meaning this is what we're generating here. This is what we're showing here. These are what the numbers are. The results of the clinical trial were approved by pfizer on april 20th 2021 just two months later just days later on april 23rd 2021 three days later cdc director Walensky held a White House press brief, if you guys remember this, where she strongly recommended pregnant women get vaccinated immediately. She stated, and I quote, according to CDC, there is no evidence that the COVID-19 vaccination causes any problems with pregnancy, including the development of placenta, and pregnant people experience the same side effects following vaccination of those who aren't pregnant reported in May 2021, and the months followed, the CDC and FDA pushed an aggressive campaign to vaccinate pregnant women in the U.S. despite the horrific data. Will these agencies and fives be held accountable? I don't know. It's ironic to me that we don't have the same level of hearings and investigation into one of the most detrimental toxic vaccines, alleged vaccines, that we've ever seen in the U.S. market. Yet we've had this complete and total sham of an investigation with January 6th for over two years now. Two years has been ongoing with this January 6th. Yet, hey, everybody just cover your ears. Shut your eyes when it comes to COVID shot. Don't worry about that. Don't bring anything up. Nothing to see here. Don't ask questions. It's uh, totally normal this is going on all across the country for years now this has to get exposed so many alternative media sites are continually covering this but it is the duty of american citizens that are awake to continue to talk about this again i'll have this document up on the website but i really encourage everyone continue to get the truth out there i know it's not a happy topic i know a lot of people don't want to bring it up and this again why i've continually told people if they were coerced or forced to get the shot one of the most effective kits that we've ever seen and customers that have gotten it was the Spike Protein Survival Kit. I put it on the website a while back ago. It goes with the natokinesis, N-acetylcysteine, and Super E. They really help out with the cardiovascular system and prevent uh, massive blood clots. But again, this was something that was done all the way from the top down, and the lie just continues to get bigger and bigger and bigger while they try to sweep it under the rug quietly now and act like nothing happened. Also, too, and one other story that I want to cover real quick, and this is why I continually have been talking about things that nobody else wants to bring up. Zero Hedge just put an article out now. Epstein's private calendar has now basically gotten emerged. Among prominent names listed are Biden's CIA chief and Goldman Sachs' top lawyer. In 2014, current CIA director William Burns had three meetings with Jeffrey Epstein when Burns was Obama's deputy secretary of state. And after Epstein had been convicted of child sex exploitation, Burns and Epstein first met in Washington – Prior to Burns visiting Epstein in his Manhattan townhouse, according to the Trova League documents that include Epstein's schedules, which were not contained in Epstein's Black Book of Contacts or Flight Logs. I'm going to post this article. You guys can go through it. It's really disturbing. Nothing surprising. But, I mean, the current CIA director that we have right now, (laughs) William Burns met repeatedly with Jeffrey Epstein back in 2014. And it goes down the list of all types of individuals, including then Obama's White House attorney, Kathleen Rumer, who went to become Goldman Sachs' top lawyer in 2020. She had multiple meetings with Epstein in 2015, including planned trips with him to Paris and the Caribbean. This list goes down the line of all kinds of people that were directly involved, including Andre D. Rothschild, the current CEO of the Swiss private bank Edmund D. Rothschild Group, Rumor's law firm was hired by the bank to help them with U.S. regulatory matters. She was directly involved with Epstein, met with him over a dozen times. This goes on. You guys can look at this list. This is crazy. And again, it shows you why aren't we having investigations on all these people that are directly involved with a sex child trafficker? That was directly involved with the side. It was pretty much one of the most prominent individuals that was known for trafficking children all across the country and young girls. It was convicted of it too. It wasn't like this was all theater. He got convicted of it back in 2008 down here in Florida. It wasn't, it's just like it didn't happen. So again, Always talk about what's really going on and get the truth out there because these things are not a joke. They are not funny to me, and they need to get brought up, and these people need to get exposed for what they're really involved in because this is getting more prevalent. This is another reason why I've said before this entire transgender agenda is nothing more than a cover cloak for pedophiles to continue to normalize this behavior and exploitation in front of children. Be very cautious what your children are exposed to, and be very cautious when you have them out in public, where you take them. I know that sounds weird to say. I'm not being paranoid. I'm just being very cautious and direct you right. because what is happening right now is very real, and it's happening all across the country
1: with child sex trafficking, Dad. And how are you doing this morning on this one? Wow, <laughs> that's a great intro, Austin. I'm doing great, bud, and I t- want to thank everybody. I was deluged with emails last night on Angel Wars Part 1. Uh, Thank you for all your positive and kind comments. It means the world to me. It's taken me an inordinate amount of time to do all of this stuff and put all these scriptures together and all of this information together as far as these ancient aliens, if you want to look at it like that, ancient alien astronauts, if you want to look at it like that, or angel wars and fallen entities and other dimensions. So we're going to cover a lot today, and you know you know, what's interesting? I've, I'm not going to read through this whole article, but Lou Rockwell came out with an article yesterday. That said why Tucker Carlson had to be purged. This is the Fox hiring and firing of you know Tucker Carlson last week. His first seems up surprising. He was the nation's biggest the station's biggest attraction. I'm going to post this. I want you to read it, but I'm not going to read any more of it because I've got to get into the Angel Wars. But the one thing I do want to talk about is from the New York Post. It says the godfather of AI, artificial intelligence, quits Google, and says he regrets his life's work due to the risks to humanity. Now, that's a strong statement, guys. I'm posting this one, too. A prominent artificial intelligence researcher known as the godfather of AI has quit his job at Google and says he now partly regrets his work advancing the burgeoning technology because of the risks it poses to society. Dr. Jeffrey Hinton is a renowned computer scientist who is widely credited with laying the AI groundwork that eventually led to the creation of the popular chat boxes, such as OpenAI's chat box GPT and other advanced systems. The 75-year-old told the New York Times that he left Google so that he could speak openly about the risks of unrestrained AI development, including the spread of misinformation, upheaval in the jobs market, and other more nefarious possibilities. I console myself with the normal excuse. If I hadn't done it, somebody else would have done it, hence said an interview being published on Monday. I'm going to post that. I want you to read the whole thing because it ties directly back into what we're talking about with the ancient aliens, angel wars, whatever you want to call this stuff. It's about all of the stuff that happened here in the pre-Adamic flood, pre-Adamic world, pre-Adamic race that was on this planet before Adam and Eve got here. So we're going to cover a lot more of that today. You need to put your seatbelts on for today. This is going to be some wild stuff here. We're going to talk about the rules of engagement, et cetera, et cetera. But I want to read some scriptures real quick for, for you first, because I want to give you some heads up on what's going on. Uh, this is a uh, Matthew twenty-five forty-one. Then he will say to those on his left, "Depart from me, you who are cursed." into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. That's a pretty strong scripture. And I just want to let you know that that was like in the trial that was set up for Lucifer after he rebelled. Another one, this is Romans 3, 25 through 26. God presented Christ as a sacrifice atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness. I'm going to repeat that. God is demonstrating his righteousness because in his forbearance, he had left the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his righteousness At the present time, so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. Now, I'm doing this and I'm saying this because God is demonstrating his righteousness, which he did not have to do. He did not have to, but he's doing it. Now, why would he say this in the book of Romans and why would he have to demonstrate his righteousness? Apparently, at the trial of Lucifer, uh, there were, uh, you know, Lucifer made all kinds of accusations. Who knows? And his sentence got commuted. And maybe perhaps this was why. Because God had not shown his righteousness to the old people in the Old Testament or in the pre-Adamic race or whatever happened here as far as what happened on this planet, him destroying the planet. So you guys use your own imagination on that one. You try to figure that one out. But when I you know, when I, when I read these scriptures and I realize there are other things being said that we're not aware of, including in Job chapter 1 and Job chapter 2. And, of course, in Revelation, we need to read this again, 12, 10. Then I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens. It came as last salvation of power in the kingdom of God. For the accuser of the brothers and sisters has been thrown down to earth, and the one who accuses them before our God day and night. And they have defeated him by the blood of the Lamb and their testimony. Now, you know, I've read this yesterday, and it also says, But terror will come on the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you in great anger, knowing that he has little time. And you guys can read through all of these scriptures again. I'll give you more in a moment. If I start doing the body of the teaching today. Second, First Corinthians Verse chapter two verses seven through eight. No we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that has been hidden, and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had they would not have crucified the Son of Glory. Now I've said this, and I've quoted this so many times, but I wanted to give you the confirmation on the verse of that, 1 Corinthians 2, 7-8. None of the rulers, and he's talking about the Luciferians, he's talking about the fallen angels, he's talking about Lucifer, he's talking about the devil, whatever you want to call him. Don't create me, whatever. thought I use the wrong name, don't create me on this. You know what I'm talking about, the entities that run this planet. They basically had no idea because it was a hidden mystery. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Son of Glory. you got to understand, God's omnipresent. These things are not on the present. They can't defeat God. It's impossible because he is on the present. He knows their every move. So let's start on this. Angels, whatever you want to call them, I'll call them, you know, the ancient astronaut, whatever. I don't care. Pick what you want. I don't care. Angels were created with a free will. The original angels. Lucifer exercised his free will and chose to sin. He then convinced a third of the angels to join his rebellion. Okay, If you look this up in the Bible. This is going to be Revelation 12, 3-4. So I, I'm going to give you the references on this. God did not have redemption for angels. They were doomed once they exercised their free will and they sinned. Hebrews 2.15. Look it up. Okay. Remember, I'm going to go sl- or slower because a lot of you guys said you went too fast. There supposedly and apparently, from what we understand, was a trial in which Lucifer and the fallen angels were sentenced to the lake of fire. This is going to be Matthew 25.41. Okay. Lucifer objected and the sentence was temporarily stayed so that God could prove his righteousness this is 24 this is Romans what I just read you 325 through26 now if it didn't happen exactly that way something happened that gave Lucifer a chain to be on a leash to be on this says that Lucifer then took advantage of his reprieve and insisted on the legal right to challenge any action by God and now you kick it in to revelation 1210 and 1212. 12. Now, So, you know, an example of this is found with Job in Job chapter 1, verses 1 through 22 and 2, 1 through 13. It's the only thing that explains the book of Job. That's it, all right? That's it. There's, there's no other way to figure out the book of Job because he is going to and fro back and forth to heaven with the other angels and, and, and basically bringing these things to God. Now, let's talk about the rules of engagement. We have to understand something. God is omnipresent. He's omniscient. He's omnipotent. There is no way that Lucifer could directly challenge God. unless unless God himself limited himself in dealing with Lucifer. That's very, very important that we understand that. That's why I said this, and Carl Strader said this, one of the pastors I knew many, many years ago. He said, Lucifer is like on a leash. That's the term he used. There's only certain things that he can do on this planet. If he breaks these rules of engagement, God yokes him back in. So we have to understand that. So a lot of this stuff that Lucifer was talking about when I guess when he was a trial, he realized that he could not compete with God. No angel, period, no entity on the planet, anywhere, any whole creation, has the necessary power to strive against and overcome their creator. However, God, like I just said, has resolved to limit himself in order to give Lucifer, for some reason, I guess because he was so high up in heaven, a fair chance at challenging people and winning them over his side. This is what happened with the Garden of Eden. I talked about it yesterday. To redeem mankind, God limited himself to only using humans to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ and didn't allow the angels to do this. This is why there is no event recorded in the Bible of angels preaching. They show up with a message from the Lord, but they stop short of presenting the gospel message. Nevertheless, God reserved the right to intervene if Lucifer broke the rules and engagements. Holy angels, remember, the ones that have left, can't be tempted. You know, they, when they chose to stay with God and they were not locked in, so to speak, they no longer, as we can tell, have a free will. And this is why they cannot sin. This is why this is why this is true. When you examine the story of the Roman centurion named Cornelius, Cornelius believed in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He was a praying man who also gave money to Jewish people in need. Okay, and what happened with him is that the angel was undoubtedly unfamiliar with was 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 undoubtedly familiar with the gospel message that he was being dispatched. And the angel was immune to any satanic temptation and manipulation, but was limited to what he could share with Cornelius according to the rules of engagement. Apparently, he wasn't able to tell him everything. The angel instructed Cornelius to send servants to the address in the city of Joppa and then summon the apostle Peter, who would subsequently tell Cornelius what he needed to know. Now, unlike the angel, Peter could have been derailed by Satan. He could be, because we saw that happen before Jesus was crucified, in which he denied Christ three times. But however, God did not place any limitations on the Holy Spirit, who's part of the Godhead, for the creation of the universe was never understood by mankind until the 20th century. So we need to understand what's happening. The great mystery of the entire creation of God is that God is triune, and when he stood accused by Lucifer, apparently, the trial, he created the human race, which he knew would fall into sin. When God the Father sent Jesus, the Son of God, to be incarnated and live a sinless life, he took the sin of humanity upon himself and did to be judged by the Father and paid the sins of mankind. That's why he was abandoned on the cross. This, again, is the greatest mystery of creation, because it had to be a mystery, because had it not been a mystery, what would have happened is that Lucifer would have crucified Jesus, period. He wouldn't have done it. Why would he set up an eternal blood sacrifice for an atonement for the human race? So Satan is not on the present. He can't win this war. It's impossible. That's why I say to you guys, fear not, for he is with us, and there's nothing that he can do to us that God hasn't already seen. Now, Lucifer knew that there was no redemptive plan for the angels that had been basically condemned. So he decided he's going to do something else, as far as I can tell, what he did this for. If the human being and the human genome could be contaminated in some way, that God would reject them, it would open the door up to for, for redemption for him. So what he did is, Genesis chapter 6, as far as in my opinion, he decided to pollute the human race and create a hybrid race that was angelic and human. We got the giants from and all the rest of this stuff. This would effectively, he felt, forced God to come up with a new plan that could perhaps, maybe, include angels and give Lucifer a chance to avoid the lake of fire. Lucifer knew that there was a spiritual law which restricted angels from intermingling with humanity, but being the father of all lies, he went ahead with the plan. This is, this is Jude 6 and John eight forty four. This took place after Adam and Eve sinned. The details are scarce, but we know what happened. They started a hybrid program, and the human race became exceedingly wicked, and evil thoughts consumed them. This is the same time this advanced technological information and basically the art of making weapons and DNA changing happened on the human race. And what ended up happening is I believe this is when the pyramids were all being built, and they also created an energy field around this planet, which allowed Lucifer at that point to become omnipresent and allow him to continue to make all of these people's thoughts evil all of the time. This is how it all set itself up. And when we understand that, it starts to make more sense. Now, we have to also remember, this was actually the second such worldwide flood when God decided to destroy all of these hybrids. This is also the same reason, because after the flood, they came back. They were here before and after the flood. And God knew when the children of Israel went into the promised land, especially with the giants there, that they had been again contaminated by this DNA. They were still running around doing this stuff. They were here before and after the flood, it says in the book of Genesis. So the first flood occurred. In the beginning to basically destroy the planet To get rid of all of this stuff that happened with these prior beings That were here before Adam and Eve So this happened after Lucifer was defeated in the space war Now we're going to talk about the angel wars And what happened with some of that information And I'm I'm telling you, this stuff is is so technical, so detailed I have to go through it real slow-like Otherwise it becomes overwhelming as far as from a Christian standpoint To try to understand this So let's start with the universe The universe is linear well, that means that we can set an origin point and call it zero. The same thing with our lifetime. You know, I was born in 1955. I know how old I am. You know, I'm 67 years old. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm 67 years old, and I know when I was born. I know the day I was born. It's linear. It doesn't work that way with God. We don't even know how to calculate cosmic time measurement. We don't know how long this whole thing has been here. Nor do we know how long ago the universe came into being. It's all theory. You know, we are dark when it comes to the age of the physical universe. The Bible tells us that God created the heavens and the earth. And in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth, Genesis 1-1. And we need to realize this. But also we need to realize the next verse informs us that the earth was without form. Well, you know, how can that be? Well, if God created the earth, did he produce it in a diminished state? Why was there destruction? Why was the earth's surface covered with water? Why did God separate the the deep from the uh, the surface of the deep for the water and create the mountains and all the other stuff? Why is it that we have fossil remains of sea life on the top of Mount Everest? Because it was picked back up from the seabed and brought back up to Mount Everest. God did all that. If God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was damaged, what caused the damage? When did this occur? Who did it? What was the time frame? Well, here's what happens. As far as I can tell, and again, a lot of this stuff is stuff that I've done research on. Some of it's going to be speculation. Some of it's going to be scripture. Don't get mad at me if you don't agree with it. Just take what you like out of it and try to put together the pieces of the puzzle yourself. I'm telling you how I feel as though this happened. The war in heaven. Remember, out of all of the original apostles, only John was alive some 60 years after the resurrection of Jesus and his ascension into heaven. As he was imprisoned on the island of Patmos, he was taken to heaven and given an audience with Jesus who provided him with the insight as to what was going on, what was going to happen in the future. Jesus also supplied John with the missing piece of information from the pre-Adamic time. There had been a huge rebellion among the angels, and for an unknown period of time, a war raised throughout the spirit world and the physical universe as Lucifer and his fallen angels tried to dethrone God from the third heaven. I'll give you the, I'll give you the scripture verse on this, Revelation 12, 7-12. Michael and the angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought his angels and prevailed not. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast down, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceived the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now it has come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of the brethren is cast down, which accused him before the God day and night. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. I read this earlier for you. I want to read it again. We have to understand this is what happened. And we and the people before this was given to John on the Isle of Patmos Revelation didn't know this happened. This is the first time I can find where he actually talks about this because Jesus showed him what happened in the pre-adamic race. Now, the logical conclusion, if you look at that, is that these angels have some type of spacecraft. Now, we saw that with Colonel Corso, he talked about it in detail. He talked about there were humanoid type beings in these spacecraft. We don't know if these are genetic hybrids. We don't know what they are. We know they're still doing the same thing by taking humans into their spaceships and experimenting on them as far as their DNA. All the rest of the stuff is still going on, on this planet right now. Now, whether you want to believe that or not, entirely up to you. <laughs> I'm just telling you. You can watch and read a lot of this information online if you'd like, and it's very, very real. I mentioned it yesterday. When you call in the name of Jesus in the middle of this, because he's the creator of the universe, it all comes to a screech and halt. So we have to understand there was a war. Like Chuck Mistler said, you know, these spaceships are remnants of the space fleet that was probably used in the pre-Adamic race that had been confined to this planet and with our, within our atmosphere and within basically the places in the high places and all the other things he talks about in the Bible, as far as where universe where Satan you know, lives or also in, you know, in the, in the bottom of the earth, you know, or, 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 you know, in Antarctica, we could do that too. You know, so all of this stuff is part of what happened. Now, there had to be weapons that were used as there was a war. Okay? Okay? <laughs> there was a war in the heavenlies, and there had to be weapons. Now, I personally believe these are particle beam weapons. I also believe these are scalar energy fields weapons, which I've gone into detail with this, and they can upload scalar potential. And they could destroy planets with this. You know, you see that in the old Star Wars movie when you have the Death Star, right? And the Death Car Star can come in and destroy, you know, the different planets if it gets close to them with a particle beam, particle beam weapon, scalar energy field. This is the kind of weaponry they had available to them, and we have that kind of weaponry available to us now because we have the ability to build a space fleet. We have satellites, and we have weapons that are tuned, you know, going outward into outer space, according to Dr. Corso or Colonel Corso from the book The Day After Roswell. All of this stuff ties back together. Now, we can all pretend like it's not happening when we don't see things in the night sky every once in a while that don't act like they're supposed to act, or we can say, okay, wait a minute, this is all part of what was once here And these are the same entities, which goes right back to the Bible again and validates the the word of God with what I'm talking about today in that we are not alone in the universe. You know, God has made all different types of angels. There's no telling how many other species he's made, but here's the difference between what what he did with them and what he's done with us. We, human beings, are created in his image, and that's why these other entities and these fallen ones hate us to the point. Number one, they're jealous of us because we have a soul. Number two, they want to be us, and they can't. So number three, they know they're in trouble, so they're trying to destroy everything on their way out. And like I said, that's one of the reasons they incorporated this genetics, genetics chapter 6 stuff in which they started mixing hybrid people together. And God showed them that he did not recognize them as humans any longer, and he flooded the entire planet because they were no longer made in his image. We need to understand how important it is. People have come up to me, and they said – Why do you not want to take the mRNA shot? There's a plethora of reasons I don't want to do that. I don't want my genome contaminated. I don't want my DNA contaminated. I don't want to be part of this. Some people have gone as far as to say that if you've taken the COVID shot, which I don't believe this, that you cannot be saved. I don't believe that. Because once you're saved, you're sanctified by the blood of the lamb, by the power of Jesus Christ, and he continually renews your DNA. Could you have health problems associated, like POTS symptoms, which is a neurological disorder, which a lot of people are coming down with now, which means if you try to walk three miles, you end up getting overheated, you pass out, start having seizures, even if you're young. Yeah, all kinds of stuff like that. And the crazy part about it is, is that government now is backing off all these COVID mandates because they've got 80 90% of the population of this country, and pretty much globally, vaccinated with an mRNA shot. So is this another great push that they did in Genesis 6 again to do it again? Why not? Don't they do this all the time? Don't they always repeat themselves? It sure seems that way to me, but maybe you guys think a different way. That's why it's super important if you're listening to the show today and you've not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and you've been vaccinated, that uh, you accept Christ. <laughs> I'm just letting you know. We don't know what they've done to our DNA again, our human genome. All these sicknesses and diseases are coming out, but let's let the let I, let I grass. Now, we realize that God interacted with his people since the time of Adam and Eve. And the first recorded event of some kind of spaceships, of course, used were found in Exodus uh, chapter 19, 16 to 20, chapter 24, 9 to 12. Uh, Moses lived during a time where there was no electricity, and you know he wouldn't really understand a lot of this stuff. And he also you know, Moses described it like a trumpet, a fire, and a thick smoke covered the whole mountain that was violently shaking. Moses was invited up to the mountain. Remember that, you know, and Aaron and Abu and the other seventy elders, and they saw Jesus sitting on the same kind of some kind of thrones, some not a craft. You know, Elijah was taken to heaven. You know, Second Kings two nine through twelve. Elijah tried to describe this thing that came up as a chariot of fire. We have to understand that, and then we started looking at the UFO sightings for the last hundred years on the earth, and looking at the captured UFO craft in nineteen forty-seven that Colonel Corso talked about. And here's the thing: you know, there were no fallen angels as of yet when they were designed to control and basically create dominion over the universe. When God sent them around. The, the universe right you know it's a, they set up different places and different civilizations as far as we can tell we don't know how many there were we have no idea you know they were all connected via scalar energy and broadcast systems that I guess connected them all together to an interdimensional interface and we don't have that kind of technology we simply don't have that t- to this day we don't have that kind of technology but we're getting very 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 close they don't have the, we don't have the technology to go back and forth into the spirit world or to the physical world but angels could do that still to this day. That's why people take these drugs, you know, like, you know, like ashwagand and all the other things, you know, and, and they take those drugs to try to go into a different trance state to try to see what's on the other side of the veil. We've talked about the breaching of the veil, the containment veil that they have at CERN. And, you know, and now the U.S. Uh, US Navy's officially come to the conclusion that UFOs are originating in the oceans, as far as what they're telling us and what we're reading, craft comes out of the water. It basically is able to fly at speeds much higher than military fighters, you know, you know, and when you look at the UFO that was recovered in 1947, it did not have any type of engine to propel it. Instead, it was using electromagnetic energy that man has not been able to duplicate, or has he? You know, Dr. Schauber, in Germany back in the 20s, did a lot of this. And see, all these UFOs, which have been seen by people in the military for some hundred years, were operated even longer than that, thousand years, were supposedly operated by humanoids. And what are we seeing here? Is it the remnant of the space fleet that Lucifer had before he was defeated in the War of the Universe? And so we have to understand that what we have here is a group of entities that basically have the ability to faster-than-light travel through probably interdimensional wormholes throughout the universe at one time. But now because they've been cast down to the Earth and their numbers are innumerable, they're here somewhere. You know. And we have the other 200 watchers, according to Enoch, that have been locked up. Are they the ones that are locked up in Antarctica? We talked about that yesterday. Why in the world, and I've, Austin and I have talked about this so many times, are you not allowed, except for the very tips of certain peninsulas in Antarctica, to go to that continent? Why do they have frigates sailing around Antarctica that if any ships come close, they're told that they will be fired upon if they don't stop and go back the other direction? What are we not being allowed to see? Remember when the astronaut went down there a few years ago? Remember when the pope went down there or the head of the Orthodox Church went down there? Not the pope. The head of the Orthodox Church went down to Antarctica, and the one astronaut who came back said he he was overcome by the evil that was there. Guys, there's something going on down there. There's something really, really big going on, and everything they've told us about our planet is pretty much a lie. Everything they've told us about this space war that, that happened beforehand and these ancient alien monuments that are still on the planet. Oh, we have ancient alien astronauts. Why don't we say it this way? There was a war in the heavenlies, and the angels that God created to go inhabit the universe rebelled against God, a third of them. Two-thirds did not, so there was a giant war on the earth. Scalar particle beam weapons were being used, in which entire planets were destroyed, and meteorite systems were formed. Entire planets were potmarked and destroyed. The giant war ensued here on this planet, when this is the last stronghold, apparently, of Lucifer, and finally to get it done and get it taken care of, God flooded the planet for the first time. Why don't we look at it like that? Instead of this ancient alien technology of these other species and calling them whatever we want to call them, you know, Martians or Venetians or, you know, Andromedans or whatever we want to call them, why don't we call them for what they are, their creation of God, and that we're allowed to go out and go out throughout the galaxy in which they then rebelled, and they created this giant space war, which we have no idea how long it lasts but I mentioned that yesterday. It could have been, it could have been going on for thousands or tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of years. We don't know because, remember, every day – that God has is a thousand years to us. So if it was at a hundred day war, that'd be a hundred thousand years. Right? We don't know. Have no idea. Now tomorrow I'm gonna to go into more and more detail on what happened during the war, what happened during the flood, and what happened after the flood and why Lucifer was locked up. And what these other angels are up to today and tomorrow so guys listen to tomorrow It'll be part three of angel wars this is gonna be a long series by the way i don't want to overwhelm you because i give you so much scripture on it and this day i this just i want to give you something to think about because we had to tie together what happened with colonel corso the day after roswell we had to tie together all these ancient astronaut tv shows that we've all been watching for the last 20 years we had to tie it together to what the bible says and the pre-adamic race Because this happened a long, long time ago when the Earth was flooded the first time. Austin, what do you think, buddy? What's your next story?
0: No, you're spot on. It's good information. And you're exactly right. There's a lot more questions than answers that we have with a lot of this. And I appreciate you going in and digging into this and trying to figure it out the best you can. And there's so much stuff that's always, you know, that we speculate on. But then you kind of have to put some of the pieces of the puzzle together to get a clear picture. And that's why I've I've always been a very, very big, big question individual of Antarctica. Like Dad said, there's so many things that don't make sense. I remember when John Kerry was going down there to look at the penguins right during the presidential election with Trump and Hillary. I mean, just randomly John Kerry decides he's going to go penguin watching in Antarctica right during the election, like, like the final election. Okay, I mean, that's believable, I guess, if you believe that, but I don't believe anybody else really believes that that actually knows what's going on. And so, again, this is what you have to do. Do your own research and come to your own logical conclusion about a lot of stuff that's happening. Also, too, in other news, this is kind of changing gears a little bit, but more of a funny, but also, too, kind of a – eye-opening issue that we're seeing now in the vehicle industry. I just had a phone conversation yesterday with a uh, – two days ago, I think. Or yesterday, I was on Saturday with a friend of mine that does business with a uh, local Ford dealership. And you guys know I've talked not very kindly, of the F-150 EV Lightning. I've driven one. was not a fan of it. I've also watched a lot of the video testing on YouTube and know people that have been involved in some of the testing. And the epic failure it's been with the EV market and trying to push it into the construction world with these trucks now, which again is a failure. And I told my buddy yesterday, I said, here's the entire concept that nobody's wanting to talk about with this entire push of trucks into the EV world. And I get it. If you want to do EV little golf carts and little Teslas and little smart cars to drive around your little town. And, you know, they get 100, 200 miles where you have to charge them, you plug them back in. I get the concept of it. I really do. You know, something small runs around, you know, a two-seater, you can throw groceries in the back. It's basically a glorified golf cart. Get it. It's kind of a unique niche vehicle. Got it. Okay. But this concept of trying to push pickup trucks into this market. What's the number one industry that pickup trucks are used in? It's construction, basically. Construction or basically any type of work, agriculture, driving, you know, out in the middle of usually places that don't have charging stations, right? How many subdivisions have you gone to? I've been in construction industry many times. How many, how many construction sites have you been to? New construction sites, subdivisions. And, you know, before there's any any houses even start, before they ever start laying block or pouring slab, you see, you know. A dozen charging stations right in the middle of the subdivision. Answer is zero. Not in my entire life anywhere in the state of Florida, any other part of the country, have I ever seen dozens of charging stations lined up in a subdivision that has not been developed yet because the infrastructure is not there. They haven't even hooked up power to the houses yet. OK, so what happens when you start trying to mandate and force everybody to start driving these absolutely moronic vehicles that get 80 miles range pulling a trailer and you've got numerous Construction contractors that are on job sites now that are pulling trailers, and pulling material, and pulling employees to get the job sites on time to start working, and suddenly there's no place to charge because they've been driving, pulling a trailer. Now they're at a job site. Now there's no charging stations anywhere. There's not even electricity in most cases, unless you got temporary power pole to run the skill saws and stuff like that. What do you do? Or what happens when you're pulling material to a job site and they're waiting on you with a crane to fly trusses, and you've got final material dropping off. And all of a sudden, you realize your 80-mile range is down to five miles, and you're in round of the job site. And you've got guys on site ready to fly trusses, and they can't go because they're still waiting on the final material. Now you've got to stop somewhere and go charge for an hour to two hours so you can get your vehicle there. It makes no sense from a realistic standpoint. Well, to take it a step further now. This is going to be an issue with EV Lightning. So I talked to my buddy that you know has done work with the Ford dealership, and they've got multiple F one hundred and fifty Lightnings on the lot now. Which you know a year ago people were paying addendums to get them because they want to be the first ones of the electric F one hundred and fifty. And the dealership said they basically can't sell them. Said the only people that are buying them are basically county and government employees because they're getting these huge government federal grants to buy these EV vehicles. And he said one of the issues that really hurt the F one fifty sales as far as the Lightning was the video on YouTube where it could only go eighty miles. And he said the next thing that's really hurt it is he said there was an individual that bought one, it was like a ninety thousand dollar Lariat, loaded out E V Lightning, bought it brand new. And two weeks into it, he started having all these electrical problems. What one to run properly, want one to charge properly. So he took a to dealership, he goes, dude. Truck's broke. You guys got to fix it. Electric, electrical problem, fix it. It's under warranty. You've had it for two weeks. They said, got it. No worries. So the techs go in and diagnose it. They can't figure out what's going on. They contact Ford, and Ford goes, listen, the way the parts are set up, the way this entire thing's put together, we don't really want you trying to go in and try to change piece by piece, because more than likely, the whole system's having a catastrophic failure. We're just going to go ahead and warranty it. We're going to send an entire battery system on a crate. They pull the cab off the F-150, basically pull the whole battery system out underneath it. It's all... Tied in one another, the capacitors and battery system and charging, and they swap it out. The final bill, because it was under warranty, so the guy didn't have to pay it, the final bill the dealership had with warranty and parts and labor. he said he talked about the invoice on it, $65,000 to warranty the full battery system on this new F-150 Lightning. Now, if anybody has an understanding of depreciation schedules on vehicles and understands the price of vehicles and how they continually decline over time, especially mass-produced, does anybody have an understanding of what's going to happen with these trucks After three years, when the manufacturer Ford warranty is no longer going to be in a place, asking that question, you guys do the math on it. More likely, these things aren't going to be worth $15,000, $20,000 on trade-in because everybody knows if the vehicle goes out and the battery somehow malfunctions, it's done. And this entire concept of being green and what they're trying to push is nothing more than another way to go in. And ruin what was good in the United States, ruin what was good in the entire world, exactly what dad's talking about now with what these fallen angels continually do. Energy analyst Mark Pills just dropped a bombshell last week debunking the entire myth of the Teslas and electric vehicles that everybody says are green and zero emissions. He said EVs are far worse for the environment than internal combustion engines that run on gasoline or petrol. He goes, and I quote, you have to dig up about 500,000 pounds of material to make a single 1,000-pound battery, said Mills, a senior fellow at Manhattan Institute and faculty member at Northwest University's McCormick School of Engineering and Applied Science millsland revealed the obscene amount of oil it takes to produce that thousand pound that thousand pound battery for an ev vehicle he said it takes anywhere between a hundred to three hundred barrels of oil to manufacture a battery that can hold one barrel of oil equivalent of energy stated it makes no sense he said the amount of equipment that is used and the heavy machinery that is used and the earth that has to be moved and the refinery and the all the plants to process this stuff is much 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 more pollutive than any vehicle combined on top of numerous vehicles he said just because you can't see any exhaust does not mean in any way it's zero emissions he said there's no such thing as a zero emission vehicle the real question is where are the emissions associated with the electric car because what do you do with an electric vehicle if you don't eliminate emissions you export them somewhere else Just manufacturing the battery can have a carbon debt rate ranging from 10 tons to 40 tons of CO2, and the plans are in place to increase the use of batteries will require an increase in production of minerals like lithium, cobalt, zinc. Demand for those minerals will increase between 400 percent and 4,000 percent. He goes, there's not enough mining in the world to make enough batteries for that many people for their cars, not to mention as these vehicles' lifespan continues to degrade up to 8 to 10 years, they're have to continue to replace these vehicles over and over and over again. There is no longevity with EV vehicles. According to Volkswagen, a typical diesel-powered car emits less CO2. That an EV, for the first 70,000 miles it's driven, the energy used in the mining ecosystem, oil, coal, and natural gas, means that one EV has a carbon debt equal to emitting between 8 to 20 tons of CO2 before it's first mile driven. That's what it's saying here is you basically have to drive an EV vehicle for about 70,000 miles to even get it equivalent to the efficiency and the pollution of a diesel-powered Volkswagen that is unbelievably clean, unbelievably efficient. I remember years ago when the Volkswagen Jetta, the diesel Jetta, came out, and Ted and I actually drove one. It was years and years ago, and we were playing with it. It was averaging like 45 miles a gallon, 45 miles a gallon of diesel. What are you broken in? It was brand new. They just got him in. And that shows you here now how insane this concept is that they're trying to push. And again, it shows you it has nothing to do with pollution. It has nothing to do with climate change. It's all about more control manipulation and, again, giving them an excuse to continually degrade the earth that God basically – rebuilt and built again and rebuilt again after the flood. And as we're watching these things occur, this is why I've been so vocal on people to be very, very vocal and open about what's going on and do not just follow the mainstream narrative. Because I'll tell you right now, the only way they keep these EV vehicles afloat is federal funding. If the American population doesn't buy them, and the American population doesn't go along with them, it's going to be virtually impossible to try to force these out of the market. No matter how much money they pump into the market, consumer Basically, consumer education is key to understand what's really happening. But I wanted to bring that up because I thought it was really interesting when I talk, read this article on this guy. He's talking about the diesel Volkswagen emits less CO2 than an EV for the first 70,000 miles That's crazy. that is driven. That is nuts, Dad. What do you
1: think? It's true. I got, a, I got an email in from Kristen. I can't read it all because we're running out of time. It says, for those of you who think that electric vehicles are an her answer, there's a true story from a farmer in the Midwest. She's reposting it. Close friend of mine. Farms over 10,000 acres of corn in the Midwest. The property is spread out over three countries, two, three counties. His operation is in partnership farm with John Deere. They use the larger farm operations as demonstration projects for promotion and development of their new equipment. He recently received a phone call from his John Deere representative. They want him to go, his farm to go electric by 2023. He currently has five diesel combines that cost $900,000 each that are traded every three years. Also over 10 really big tractors. John Deere wants him to go all electric soon. He said, okay, I've got a question. How do I charge these combines when they're in three counties away from the shop in the middle of the cornfield in the middle of nowhere, and how do I run them 24 hours a day, 10 or 12 days straight, when the harvest is ready and the weather is coming in? How do I get a 50,000-pound combine that takes up the width of an entire road back to the shop 20 miles away when the battery goes dead? They're dead silence on the other end from John Deere. When the corn is ready to harvest, it has to be properly sugar and moisture content. If it's too wet, it has to put in giant dryers. Harvest time is critical because it degrades in sugar content and quality. It is standard procedure to run these machines from 10 to 12 days straight, 24 hours a day at peak harvest time. When they need fuel, a tanker truck delivers it, and the machines kept going. John Deere's only answer is, we're working on it. They are being pushed by the lefty Democrats, by the communists and the government, to force these electric machines into the American farmer. These people are out of control. They are messing with the production of food crops that feed people and livestock, livestock all in the name of their green dream. Wow. This is crazy. I, I, she sent that to me, and I thought, what an incredible letter. I hadn't even thought about that. Diesel combines running 24 hours a day, four or five days in a row. How do you charge them? You bring giant generator systems out there and start charging them up in the middle of the night. Well, they can't run anymore when they're charging for 10 or 12 hours or whatever it takes to charge a big old machine with that many batteries. So I don't know. Guys, I love you. I appreciate you. I had the opportunity to pray for you today and also finish it up, and we'll do Angel Wars Part 3 tomorrow. Love you guys.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you're absolutely spot on. And see, what they can do is a lot of these guys, they'll have giant diesel fuel tankers that can run out there. You know, big old fuel tankers go out there fill it up on the fly, get it back running again, and it's, you it's know, ready to go back up in 30, 40 minutes with the high-flow fuel systems. You can't do that with a battery system. You can bring a giant diesel generator. So that makes a lot of sense. So I'm going to go out there with a giant truck with a giant diesel generator on it, this burning diesel. I'm going to start the diesel generator up so I can plug in the combine for hours on end to try to recharge it so I can drive it more and then I can turn my diesel generator back off. The concept is moronic at best, and that's being nice about it. But again, this is what they're trying to do to control the manipulate the entire market. How do you think they're going to control people from driving? They can't do it with diesel trucks. Somebody's got, you know, old, my buddy holds 98.7.3 F 150 uh, or F 250 with a 7.3 diesel, it was like a 200 gallon fuel cell in the back, you know, auto transfer fill. You load that thing up, you can drive across the entire country, not stop, except maybe for a bathroom break. They don't want that happening. They don't want people being able to travel freely, unmolested, on their way. So, again, vote with your dollars, my friends, and I appreciate – the continued support at Health Masters had a great response yesterday. A lot of emails that I'm responding to from the show yesterday and the coupon that we put out there, 2,000 shows, 2000, S H 0, zero, zero hows 2,000 shows, no spaces, 10% off at HealthMasters.com. We do not do sales as big very often. You know that. This is a really big deal that I wanted to really just tell everyone I appreciate your support for sponsoring Health Masters. As I said before, we have no sponsors. We have no ads. I'm not Pfizer. I don't spend $2.8 billion on ads to try to get people to buy toxic shots. We're health masters. We produce the highest quality supplements in the world, in my opinion, and our products speak for themselves. That's why we have a 90-day money-back guarantee on everything. That's why I've intentionally told people, try the products. See if they work, and I guarantee you they will if you take them properly and encourage your friends and family to stay healthy and also take nutrients as well, even if you're just taking the basic ultimate multiple or ultimate multiple powder. At least get on some basic stack to keep your mental health and your overall body as strong as physically possible right now so you can continue to get the truth out there and encourage one another to expand their understanding of what's really going on as well so we can continue to get more people saved and wake up more people and keep more children healthy as well because that's a huge part of it. Thank you again, my friends. Healthmasters.com. If you need anything, we're here to help you guys out the best we can. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night. We'll talk to you again on this show tomorrow
1: as always.